Two Broke Watch Knobs podcast is an online discussion dedicated to urology and the in-depth coverage, review, and assessment of high-quality, affordable timepieces. There may be instances of strong language, and this podcast is intended for a mature audience. Sit back and enjoy. Hey, this is Kaz. Hey, this is Mike, and you're listening to Two Broke Watch Knobs. This is episode 18. Episode How you doing, Kaz? I'm, I'm okay. I'm doing okay. It's, you're, ready, uh, you're, you're ready to do a show? I'm ready to do the show. I'm, I'm drinking, I'm drinking uh, red wine that I got during Christmas from the job that just let me go in a Mickey cup. Okay. So I'm, I'm definitely good to go. And I'm also surrounded by... Um, how can I best describe this? Michael, I don't know how much things have cost. I don't know how much things cost. Watches have ruined my ability to price things normally in my life. You know what I mean? Okay. Because a $200 watch is... That's not a lot of money for a watch. A $200 or anything else is a lot of fucking money. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's 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 tough to... Um, I don't know. Watches are weird when it, when it comes to pricing. Uh, like, you know, people do think that $200 is a lot. And it might it might be so, but uh, I, I I feel like my first watch like yeah, but like getting into it pretty quickly, I'm like, like if I'm at the grocery store and we're in line and uh, my fiance and I pay and like the cart is like two hundred bucks, you know, she'll be like, oh no, it's so much money. But in my brain, I'm like, eh, not like a double flying tourbillon, you know what I mean? <laughs> no, no, it's not. <laughs> it's not that bad. <laughs> so what happened was um at becky's work uh someone was selling girl scout cookies or or was some like someone was trying to help their siblings sell girl scout cookies and so um so for so our listeners who aren't in the u.s girl scout cookies it's this thing where um girl scouts they're like boy scouts except they like do different things and basically girl scout cookies is this like this like american time honored like season seasonal tradition where little girls will pull wagons full of these cookies that the Girl Scouts of America make, and they sell to you. And people love them. I mean, they have all different kinds of flavors and everything like that, so it's just, it's one of those weird traditions. And so, um, I don't really, so Michael, again, I have no idea how to price things out. So Becky calls me, and she's like, hey, you know, uh, this person's selling cookies, blah, blah, blah. What's my budget? (laughs) (laughs) And I'm like, "Uh, 40 bucks? And there's a pause. And I'm like, um, is that not enough? She goes, no, I think that'll, I think that'll be good. I'm like, oh, okay, you, you, you could spend more if you want. Like, no, I think, I think 40s playing it safe. I'm like, okay, babe. So, so you bought, you bought all of their stock, bro. Then. She comes is home that, with ten fucking boxes of Girl Scout cookies. <laughs> well, <laughs> congrats. <laughs> Do what? Oh yeah, I'm, I'm, I, I, the only place to put them, I stack them in like a grocery store pyramid on my cake stand because I don't fucking mm-hmm. make cakes. I don't know. I, I, I have a cake stand, so this, this, she comes home with her arms just full of just like ten boxes. I'm like, babe, I said forty bucks. Like this is forty bucks. I don't know how much. <laughs> like apparently, like four dollars or like three dollars a box or something. Yeah. You know. Yeah, I don't know. It's been it's been a while since I bought them. Yeah, but, man. I just got too many. This fucking girls got good. Well, congratulations! Yeah, I should I should eat some of them while I'm drinking this red wine. <laughs> wine and cookies. Wine and cookies. That was my when I I, I I I was traveling in Spain for a bit and I spent all my money in two days and so for the rest of like the week and a half my meal of choice was red wine and Oreos. 
That'll that'll get you through. <laughs> surprisingly, surprisingly, not nourishing. Nourishing isn't the right word. Um, surprisingly affordable. You know what I mean? <laughs> you buy like one euro Don Quixote like red wine in like quarter marts. <laughs> Pretty sure I ended the whole ordeal with antifreeze poisoning. But um, mm. so before we do the wrist check, got to talk about the sweepstakes. Yeah, this is uh, this is a special intro. Special uh, we, uh, special introduction. We finally finally came out about the uh, the old giveaway. <laughs> yeah. So so for people who didn't see the graphic, um, that was either a day or two days ago. Can't remember. We are giving away two Seiko SNKs, in addition to some sweet Toxic NATO swag. Uh, it's a spring bar tool, and it's two straps. Two straps. Yeah, we'll be doing um, so the two watches. Uh, we have the SNK803, which is the cream dial, and the SNK809, black dial. Sweet. Uh, and we have um, a few Toxic NATO's uh, straps on hand, and uh, you'll be able to choose out of the out of the stock that we have uh, two different straps. And uh, yeah, like you said, the spring bar tool. Yeah, it's going to be super cool. It was something that... We were trying to figure out which watch to give away. We wanted to do something that was really kind of, I think, emblematic of sort of the whole two-book watch snobs thing. And the Seiko SNK gets so much love just for what it is. You know what I mean? It's a great field style watch. Yeah. It wears fantastically at like, what, 38 or 37 millimeters? I think it's 38. It's like 30, between 37 and 38 millimeters, something like that. And this, uh, the what you can do with it, with the straps, especially if you're doing it on like a Toxic NATO's, is awesome. Just because I know on my uh snk having one of the toxic negatives on there with the green dial and the on the green army strap is just awesome or the olive strap I yeah can't what it is. yeah so super super excited um if you didn't see the graphic check our history check it out basically all you have to do to enter to win we're choosing two winners it's not one it's two winners choosing two winners it's gonna be uh you get to basically follow us and then in the actual uh, uh, graphic, when you see it, it you, there'll be a logo up in the pictures, but it'll, it'll say giveaway and you'll see two Seikos, so you'll know it. Um, leave a comment and just tag two of your friends who you think will really enjoy the show. Don't just tag any asshole. Just tag someone who you really, really think will enjoy like what we do because we're doing... I'm I'm still just so amazed at just the, 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 the types of listeners we're getting and how we're basically... There's not many podcasts where I can talk about rubbing my testicles on watches, and it's totally cool. <laughs> well, this this is okay. Are they still eligible if they tag Andy Dick? <laughs> God damn! If Andy Dick has an Instagram and you tag him, you can tag him. Sure, I don't know. And if and if Mister Dick, Mister Dick. <laughs> <laughs> uh... if, if if Mister A Dick. Wants to enter to win one of our Seiko SNKs in addition to the two Toxinado strap and the spring bar tool. He can tag two of his friends as well. If one of his friends is Arnold Schwarzenegger, that's, that's even better. If one of his friends is Arnold Schwarzenegger and the other one's uh, uh, John Bon Jovi, awesome. You know what I'm saying? I I, I just found his his Instagram. Holy shitballs. He's, he's actually on Instagram? He's, he's very active. He's got a, a photo oh, here no. recently with, uh, what's his name? Vern, Vern Troyer? Vern Troyer is alive? <laughs> He's yeah, he's very alive. Good for him. That's awesome. I don't know why I thought he was dead. <laughs> but yes, yeah. So follow us on Instagram, um, and then tag two of your photo. friends. 
<laughs> tag two of your buddies, even if your buddy is Andy Dick. <laughs> and that's it. And then you'll be eligible to win. But you have to do those things. Yeah. And Otherwise, then we're going to choose the winner in two weeks. Two weeks, right? Yeah, two weeks. So not on next week's episode, but I guess on the, oh, on episode 20. Oh, wow. Yeah. Yeah. Then that, that lined up. I'm going to write that down. So episode 20, <laughs> we will choose the winner. Rock on. Rock on, man. Okay, so yeah, if there's any questions, DM us, email us. Totally cool. It's really straightforward. Just got to follow us. Uh, if you aren't already, most people who are going to see it are already following us. And in addition to that, tagging two friends uh, that you think will uh, really dig the show and really be able to contribute to all the awesome conversations we have. Because the past few episodes, we've been having like just such cool feedback and conversations with people through through uh, uh, emails, through direct Excuse me, direct messaging, and then actually in the comments themselves. What was that? It is my computer. Awesome. Um, <laughs> so yeah, yeah, that's really really important. And um, yeah, I'm super excited. I I, I think it's going to be cool. And just to remind, remember, we're choosing two two winners. And um, yeah, am I missing anything? Yes. What? Oh, God damn it. <laughs> Yes, you forgot to tell them about the fact that we'll be sending them dildos. The dildos <laughs> and watches. We're not no, sending no, you. You're, you're, not, you're not forgetting anything. We're not sending you dildos. <laughs> Jesus Christ. We might send you a dead roach wearing a Rolex, though. <laughs> I'm trying to figure out how many hashtags I can bring back this episode. <laughs> Two so far. That's too so far. Let's see. Let's see how let's see how well I can do later on. I'll have to pull them up on my, on my phone. But um but here, let's jump into the audio risk check. I'm excited about this one. Yeah. You go yo, first. Wait, yo. Yeah, okay. Okay, I'll go first. Okay, you go first. <laughs> All right. <laughs> uh, well, I'm wearing the S- uh, Seiko. Okay. <laughs> Sorry, that was a brain fart. <laughs> it's a Seiko SKX-175. Oh, cool. Yeah. That's right. That's right. That's right. Yeah, I, um, I've had this one out of the, out of the box uh, for a bit. It's... Uh, because I, I took it to Miami, uh, recent trip. Mm-hmm. I'm back in Seattle, though. And uh, it's basically an SKX diver. Uh, it looks just like the SKX 009 with, like, the Pepsi kind of right, right, right. color scheme. But the 175, it's funny. The 175 is actually the same watch, but um, I guess it's intended for the U.S. market strictly. So I've heard things like, production numbers are way lower on this one i don't know how much i believe it but interesting i think i just i think i just meant to buy like a pepsi seiko on amazon and i clicked <laughs> the wrong one <laughs> like, good old yeah, good big... old serendipitous chance the serendipitous internet click which took you where you <laughs> so, want to go you know yeah um you know it's it's an skx diver yeah, with with the Pepsi bezel and um, yeah, I, we were talking about that watch because I saw I saw yeah. you you had taken a picture of it and I was just like like oh man you know the the the, the SKX like zero zero nine or I can't remember if I said zero zero seven zero zero nine uh you know it looks awesome and you're like oh yeah it's actually like you know the SKX one seven five and um I don't know I don't know what that meant I'm like yeah and like I just <laughs> <laughs> just kind of let it trail off from there but so so this so the one seven five is specifically or people are saying it's specifically intended for the U.S. market or just out of Japan? Yes. Um, it's 
No, for for the U.S. market specifically. Interesting. The, the 009 is for the rest of the world. And so, actually, there's a really good video on the Long Island Watch YouTube channel yeah. where Mark has I the love 009. that guy. God. <laughs> it, it, people, if you didn't, I, I'm, I'm also not entirely clear how the internet might display our um, our show our show notes. In the last episode, I had linked Mark uh, from Long Island Watch's like, really excellent breakdown of the Seagull 1963 and the different modern uh, iterations that exist of it in terms of like the 37 millimeter, the 39 or the 38, and like the 42. And it's just mm-hmm. a really detailed video. And there's just a, it, it's just, it's super refreshing to see like a small to medium sized business that deals in such niche products like this really doing awesome videos. Yeah. You know? Yeah. Super, and, uh, we, super cool. We can we can put this video. I'm writing it down um, right now. Yeah. So the you know, the SKX one seventy five is the same as the 009. The only difference, um, you know, some people have said that there are variations in the dial color that the 175 can be grayish at times and the 009 like bluish but okay. I think I think when you when you get that deep into mass production, you know, those kind of inconsistencies are going to happen, so I don't think I don't think you can say that, you know, actually the dial on mine is kind of a deep blue, definitely not a gray. Um but visually the only difference is on the dial printing where instead of like the usual Japan movement thing that you get around six o'clock, yeah, it's actually it says Malaysia movement. Okay, um, so very similar to the uh, to my SNK eight zero five. It'll say like like Malaysia movement in the bottom yeah. of the dial. Yeah, and it has to do with I guess something to do with import regulations and like a CO. Uh, displayed on the dial country of origin wow. mark mark definitely goes into it way better than than i can so we'll we'll be sure to post that yeah we'll uh, we'll, that we'll, video. we'll link the video uh in the show notes and i've tagged him in a couple episodes i think he like responded to one i don't know if they're like very active on instagram or if he just doesn't give a shit every time <laughs> every time we link him or what but i'm i'm gonna keep linking you mark because uh we love your site Think it's awesome. Bought from there before, and love the videos, love the content you're putting out there. Super cool. But my my favorite feature of this watch is definitely the uh, the Seiko Jubilee that it comes on, and uh, super rattly. I don't know, it's it's not actually. Oh. All, all you have to do is is size it right, and it won't rattle. <laughs> it's just you find forum posts upon forum posts about how rattly the uh, Seiko Jubilee is, and uh, well. You guys aren't sizing it right. <laughs> yeah, that's that's been my experience. I'll be reading like like uh you know oh hey you know, Jubilee bracelet looks great yeah it looks great you know third or fourth comment yeah but that rattle it's like you know you're always here the rattle guy is always here <laughs> you know what I mean. Mine is not rattly and it's super comfy. That's awesome. That's <laughs> mad cool. Yeah, so, so super cool, super cool watch. We're both wearing watches. I don't think we've worn on air a lot, which is cool. What do you got? I am wearing the Orient FER02005B0, otherwise known as the Orient Disc. Ah, I knew it. Not not the sexiest reference number. Um, <laughs> they're going to have to work on that. But yeah, I'm wearing the Orient Disc. Uh, it's the green accents. Um, it's, so, it's cool. It's sort of like a sandwich style. It doesn't have loom. Um, and so the hour hand is actually a disc with like a kind of artistic 
put a straight lined uh, hard edge uh, triangle cut out of it. And so as that goes around, you know, the color will change from like, you know, green to white because it's green and white accents on here. And it's, it's cool. You know, it's not, um, it's not like geeky in terms of some of my other pieces where it might have something interesting about the movement. This is just one of the straight, straightforward, uh, orient, um, uh, four F or four models. So it's, um, it doesn't hack. It doesn't uh, manual wind. It does run, which is important. You know what I mean? Um, I have it on a crown and buckle gator strap, 22 millimeter. It's like a, it's cool. I actually bought it originally for my Orient Star GMT WZ, but ended up putting it on this just to test it out. It looks pretty cool. It's very, it's like a chocolate brown. So it's chocolate brown. It's on this dark case. So it has a very dressy feel to it. Um, but Ow. it's... How is the leather from from Crown and Caliber, by the way? I like it for the price. I mean, Crown Crown and Buckle. God yeah, no, I made the same mistake last time, dude. It's all it's all it's, <laughs> it's all it's it's all it's all Crown and Crown and Crown and stuff. We should start Crown, crown and, and Dildos. We should start <laughs> Michael. We should start Crown. And I'm gonna write that down. I'm gonna add it to my roster of amazing URLs that I own. Uh, all of our dreams are gonna come true. All of our. I just gotta find the right the right URL, dude. <laughs> <laughs> And somehow we will profit. I still own the dailystool.com, unless that expired by now. <laughs> it's probably expired. It's probably expired. That was a long time ago, I feel like. Um, I like it for the price. Uh, I got this one. I think this is around $30 or $40. I also got the Ashland, I think it's Ashland leather. I can't remember what it was called. Um, I'll, I'll, I'll put a link to it somewhere. That was also around 30 or 40 bucks for the price. I'm happy with it. You know what I mean? Mm -hmm. And also, it's there have a lot of different varieties. They have racing straps. I think they also have like um, canvas straps. They also have uh, a lot of NATOs and things like that. But for NATOs, I'm obviously going with toxic NATOs. But for, for leather straps, uh, pretty happy with it. And it's not too thick. I was afraid with like some of these like newer leather straps, like they're a lot of them come out like super, super thick. You know what I mean? Cool. Like mad beefy, it's just the perfect size. Nice. You know what I'm saying? Uh, one second right here. I'm addressing something important on my telephone. My telephone. So that disc, um, I'm back. yours yours is only the uh, the green one, right? There's like a rainbow. Yeah, pattern. there's, there's that's several. Not, that's not the one that you got, right? There are several versions. Uh, there's the, yeah, I got the green one. So the green one is like a mix of green and white. You don't see the white. The white is only on the part of the dial uh, between 6 and 12, like 6, 9, 12, like that, like that later side, but it's hidden by the disc. So as the disc rotates, then you start seeing the white. But yeah, there's a there's like a red and orange one. There's a rainbow one. There's like a white, blue, and red one. There's a what is this one? I'm looking at it right now. There's like a, a straight up just purple and white one. I do also want to point something fucking like super important out. For some reason, Orient Watch USA. If you're listening, you're not listening. Um, pretty sure you guys. <laughs> pretty sure you guys, nope. don't, guys don't like us. Um, for some reason, on your website, you have this watch listed as having 200 meters of water resistance. Uh, hmm? the what? Yeah, <laughs> the watch is not resistant to two hundred meters. Please, people, do not take this watch to two hundred meters. It doesn't have. Lube. Does it say anything on the dial? Does it, on does the back? It it's it? five bars on the back. On the case back, it's rated for five bars. So that's um fifty meters. Okay. So you can definitely pour coffee with it. 
<laughs> but I wouldn't do any underwater welding. <laughs> step step in a puddle. I'd step in a puddle. I, I would jump over a puddle. You know what I mean? Jump jump over the puddle. <laughs> I would jump over the puddle. Okay. Uh, but yeah, so if you're looking into this watch and you're researching it, and if you for some reason see someone having it say it has 200 meters of water resistance, it does not. The only reason I'm pointing that out because in your because the listener might say, oh well, I'm not going to buy the Ori watch USA anyway. The problem is. Um, depending on the types of stores you're looking at, they'll just pull the product description from the brand page. And here in the US, this is the brand page. And they won't really know, or they won't really have the sense to look into it. So if you see this list as 200 meter water resistance, for the love of God and everything holy, do not think it has 200 meters. The crown doesn't screw down. <laughs> yeah, on Amazon, it says 165 feet. What? I don't know. I is don't that, know the. Is that fifty meters? Uh, come on, Google it. Come on, Google it. Yeah, yeah. yeah so it that's is. cool. That's perfect. <laughs> Good. Yeah, it is. Good on that specific Amazon seller. So, yeah, that's what we're wearing right now. I think it's cool. It's super fun. Um, people seem to like it. I've heard complaints about the logo. The logo sort of seems out of place. That I hear a lot of complaints about the Orient logo in general. I didn't care for it at first. Right. I kind of thought it was. Uh, it's it's like huh. it's like two lions holding a, holding a tub of Vaseline. What is this? Yeah, but you know, over over time, I I I kind of grew to enjoy it. Right. Really. <clears throat> I like it. I mean, I'm not like. The problem is, it's forgettable. If I saw the logo without the word Orient, I would assume it was like a cologne logo. You know what I mean? Yes. Yeah, it doesn't command the same respect <laughs> as like the Rolex crown or the Omega, Omega symbol. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> the Omega, Omega. <laughs> I'm just like I'm like I'm like, come on, brain, don't fucking, don't fuck me on air. And my brain <laughs> fucked me on air. I waited just too long. If I was able to jump in a second earlier, it would have sounded normal. But whatever, it's dead. It's, it's dead now. Um, so I could understand these the logo not being sexy in that sense. It is forgettable. I mean, maybe in the future. They'll fix it. I know they are doing some corporate restructuring. I think we've mentioned that in a couple of episodes. I've mentioned that a lot with people I'm having conversations with. Um, hopefully, we see some really important changes or some mm -hmm. different changes in attitude come down the line just in terms of their digital marketing and how they handle anywhere their product is basically um, for sale. So we'll see. But yeah, that's, that's what I'm wearing right now. Uh, word to the wise. Also, if you buy this watch or if you are interested in this watch, given its price range, it's also entirely possible you own a Seiko diver, like an SKX or potentially a monster. Um, you're going to want to take the bracelet off of the Orient disc. Basically, as soon as you take it out of the box, you're probably not going to like huh? it. Well, uh, what'd you say? Is it that bad? It's very... If it was my first watch, it would be awesome. It's a great, like, first watch bracelet. Um, I've just heard the color can rub off. I don't know oh, really? in what specific circumstances. Like, maybe if you're playing with, like, squirt guns full of, like, you know, paint remover. <laughs> you, know what I'm you know what I'm saying? It's pretty, pretty normal. Pretty normal. I mean, yeah, that's that's how I spent my time growing up at Fort Lauderdale Beach. You know what I mean? <laughs> um, <laughs> uh, I've all, The thing is, it's very... It's very thin feeling, and the end links aren't solid, so it sort of feels flimsy, has like a weird rattly feel to it, but the reason the watch is so affordable is because they don't put the money into uh, 
the bracelet, they put it into the design of the watch and the actual movement. Movement super reliable. It's one of these Orient 4 calibers. These things are awesome. Um, so, so yeah, if you were to look it, it, interested in this watch, definitely also consider getting a replacement strap or like a NATO. Um, but I mean, at the same time, don't take my word for it. Get the watch, wear it, make a make the judgment for yourself. This that was just my impression. You know what I'm cool. saying? Um, yeah. So we did the sweepstakes, did the wrist check. That's super cool. You're wearing that SKX. I, I have to I have to wear nicer watches for these for these wrist checks. I feel like you know what I mean. But what, what do you mean? You had you had your 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 GMT the the last couple of times, yeah. right? That's a nice uh, watch. It's yeah, I love that watch. I love that watch. But it's always just like oh yeah, I have this Orient GMT, and Mike's like oh yeah, I'm wearing this you know tur- uh, uh, Seiko Turtle SRP Triple Seven. This thing that has years and years of like wonderful legacy behind it. I'm like oh, oh come well, on. I got a red GMT hand on my watch. <laughs> but uh, no, Anyways, no, 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 I'm, I'm, I'm we, Josh. I love that watch. Um, oh, we I want, uh, we had really, really good reception last time talking about the cash in your chips watch. That was incredible. Yeah. Um, oh, really quick though. Sorry. I'm, I'm so, I'm so scatterbrained right now. I might've had too, too much wine. Uh, I want to do a we, shout out really, really quick based off chat. that episode to uh, user Instagram handle Dave wears chucks who also wanted me to let people know after I said that, that he does not have pictures of watches on his Instagram feed. <laughs> what does he have pictures of? I don't, I don't know. He, uh, I, I, I have to follow him to see. I have, I, I haven't done that yet, but, um, he just said that I, I, maybe he has watches. He just says that he lives a very boring life. Dave wears. Ch- oh, and, and that people mm-hmm. shouldn't expect much now. I mean, he could, maybe he's like, like a seal spear, maybe spear seals in the Alaskan Ocean. I mean, that's pretty fucking exciting. Dave Wars Chucks. We, we 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 might have to report this Instagram profile. Why? There's some 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 bad some bad pictures on here. I can't I can't tell if you're serious or not. I'm not serious. It's oh my god, man. Jesus, <laughs> Jesus, man! I'm like, <laughs> I you know, Dave Wars Chucks is never gonna listen to us ever again now. <laughs> Please believe me, Dave Wars Chucks. I didn't know he was going to do that. Dude, I had a heart attack. I'm like, oh, man, great. You know what I mean? Orphan Teeth didn't do it, but this might. <laughs> Thanks for listening, Dave Thanks for listening, Dave. <laughs> But yeah, he, um, he emailed us a really, really awesome email, uh, currently having a really nice conversation with him. He brought up something really interesting uh, about the ideal minimal collection, and it's sort of altering your perspective. And this is really, really interesting just um, to grow as a collector to think about things like this. Not looking at it in terms of purchasing watches that satisfy specific categories, but looking at watches to fulfill certain occasions. So not looking at it in terms of like the chronograph category or the diver category, but looking at more in terms of the everyday beater category and the uh, dressy occasion category. And um, what do they call it? He One of his categories was, uh, he had really good descriptions. One of his categories was the high school reunion watch. I think he also yeah, called that like the peacocking watch. Or the yeah, four. yeah. So it's uh, he has the beater slash everyday watch. Yeah. He's got the cleanup watch. The cleanup watch. Yes. The 10 year reunion watch, <laughs> AKA the fuck off watch fuck slash off peacock watch. watch. Yep. <laughs> um, and the heirloom watch. The heirloom watch. So yeah. I guess kind of like the, you know, the big one, the maybe the cash in your chips watch. I don't know. Potentially. You know, yeah. but I thought that was super interesting. So, uh, Dave Wurst Chucks, thank you for not having inappropriate material on your Instagram, and thanks for 
hitting us up. That was super cool. And uh, <laughs> I mean, on that note, everyone, like, always feel free to email us. If it takes us a day or so to get back to you, um, you know, if that's just us, like, it's just Michael and I answering emails. It's not like there's a system. <laughs> we're, we're, we're taking them as we get them, and it's super fantastic just to talk to everyone and to have actual watch friends. Um, yeah, we, we have to actually write back to you because John Travolta is actually a pretty bad intern. Uh, he doesn't, <laughs> he's, he's he doesn't answer awful. his phone, dude. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's really hard to get a hold of the guy. I bought, yeah, you know, much, you think he'd be more grateful. get him to write back to emails. You'd think he'd be more grateful. I bought him shoe lifts for Christmas and he never, he never like said thank you. He didn't respond. <laughs> you know? Motherfucker, uh, I, th- I 3D printed him some fucking shoe lifts out of Ninja Flex and he motherfucking like never responded, dude asshole fuck him oh, and his boy. haircut or his wig whatever it is it's not it's, pro- it's probably a wig. it's not a wig don't sue me dr volta i have no idea <laughs> but uh yeah so huge shout out to dave Worschucks. super awesome man i'm having fun currently still talking to you right now as we speak via email via email um i want to kind of do another revisit to the cashmere chips watch because we sort of ended last episode with that but like the idea still fascinates me and it's obviously still resonating with people because people are still talking about it you know what I mean? Yeah, we, we got we got a, quite a few people kind of, you know, either on Instagram or email sometimes. Sometimes kind of like your your own posts where, where you would say it. Yeah, that was um, awesome. I know uh, uh, Ready About did that. Um, fucking totally blanking in the moment. I've, I've had too much well, wine. Uh, uh, Terry from Toxic Natos uh, did too. Terry from Toxic Natos. That is right. Yeah, so it's it's it's... Obviously something I think that's resonating, and I think it's resonating for a very specific reason, because most watch collectors have tangled with the idea of, oh, could I ever be a one-watch guy? Now, being a one-watch guy is different than the cash-in-your-chips watch. So the way I like to differentiate, and I can't remember if I said this in the episode last week, because I, I, have, I have a pretty craptastic memory, unless we're talking about Rakettas. I, I, one day we'll do the four-hour Rakettas episode. It's coming. It's coming. That, that, It'll be Kaz and Arnold. <laughs> that's that, that's my new threat. Don't make me do the four-hour kind of episode. <laughs> you know, but um, it's the idea of looking at your collection as an expression of your your passion. You know, um, an expression of your experiences in your life and how they influence your passion and how your passion influences the pieces you bring into your collection. You know, thinking very very personally and very methodically about what you buy not just buying watches in the same way that i'll eat these fucking girl scout cookies which i'll have for the rest of time the rest of time i'm gonna have these goddamn girl scout cookies it's really you think, just you, can, being... you, think you can finish a box by the end of the episode oh, dude don't i'm like i'm i've already had a lot today <laughs> i i ate like almost an entire box of samoas i i've had like half a box of these fucking thin mints dude like don't even i can't man <laughs> So the cash, the cash in your chips watch. At least the way that I'm seeing, it, I I do also agree that it's different from the fabled, I guess, one the one watch. watch guy. The the one watch guy bought a watch when he was 18 years old, and that was his watch forever. The cash in your chips guy purchases a watch at the end of their collection to punctuate their whole passion. To the, the this is an expression of my entire collection. I have decided to. Kind of have a grand finale, or, or like, or like a like a like a, like a, like a, like a big ending, and yeah, this it's like is the, it. The cornerstone, or like the crown jewel of the of the actual collection. Exactly. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, and I yeah. th- I think that resonated with people because they didn't really think about the one watch in that way. You don't think about the one watch 
as a response to your current collection. I know you and I in the past have thought about being the one watch guy and I'll be like, man, I could just sell these four watches and I'll just have the Sumo and I'll be a one watch guy. But man, uh, I'm, I'm having trouble being a 10 watch guy. <laughs> I try. <laughs> but the thing is, it's, it's what I liked about the cash and shift watch is even though right now I'm not in the mindset to be that guy, dude, what if in 10 or 15 years, maybe I will be, who knows? If your collection is an expression of your passion, and if one's passion, like mine, is always in flux, if you feel like wearing one watch one day and another watch a different day, it is also entirely feasible that in 10 or 15 years, you could just want to wear one watch. Yeah, your your taste will be totally different. Yeah. You know? Actually. What I thought was interesting is everyone's, basically everyone's response, I think I said maybe one or two people, they were super expensive watches. Mm-hmm. Yeah, for the most part. Um, oh, did you see? Did you see our boy Creole Crocodile? His uh, his cash in your ships pick. I did not. It was one of your favorites, the IWC Big Pilot. That oh, that's right, that's right. That's a good one. <laughs> that's a good that's one. a good one. I, I, I thought that was really cool. And it's you know it's it's versatile enough uh, to to kind of wear it as as maybe not. Thick. I like that pick. <laughs> I, I like that pick because it's 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 especially niche. It's like, dude, you don't just buy that watch because you thought it looked great with your tie. You bought that watch because you have some sort of affinity for Flieger style, for pilot style watches, and you understand what that is. I mean, that's my impression. You know more about the watch than I do. You know what I mean? Yeah, it's it's cool because IWC. Um, you know, of course, they made those. They were they were supplier to actual you know, pilots. Right. But uh they didn't they didn't really, I guess you could say, reissue the watch until like early two thousands. Wow. So that's that's crazy. It was just like decades later they came just came out with the watch again. And I think it was the reference five zero zero two. Um and then, you know, kinda like shortly after it got you know famous with some celebrities and stuff like that and like like a lot of other brands, IWC went like ambassador crazy and really um, i didn't know that yeah yeah and then um i think they also toned it down kind of like uh ap but it's you know it's it's a great watch it's just one of those watches that you really have to like be able to to pull it off like as much as much as i love the watch i know that i would like just never i would never own it because i know it's just gonna look silly on me Dude, I could totally see Creole Crocodile wearing that big pilot on his bicep with his Les Paul. Wait, wait, wait. Is it Les Paul or Telecaster? I can't remember which one he had. <laughs> I, think he's, I think he's got a Les Paul. I think, I think it's a Les Paul. I could totally see that. That is badass. Because <laughs> while you're fucking would, playing, all you have to do is flex your muscle and you can check what fucking time it is. That's just perfect. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, and uh, Terry, uh, Terry Toxic Natos, he posted two. One of them, uh, I At guess Grand he has Sago both Diver. of his... Yeah, he's got he's got both of them apparently. <laughs> it's the uh, SBGX uh, 115, I think. God damn it! White dial. That one's beautiful. God damn it! It is. Um, Michael, we talked about this. Why the fuck does everyone have a Grand Seiko but us? Yeah, I don't know. I don't know what's going on. I feel like everyone and like I'm gonna get a phone call from my mother tomorrow saying, "Hey, hey, Kaz, I just bought this watch. It's a Grand Seiko SBG." I'm just gonna hang up on her. Like this, this is fucked up. <laughs> <laughs> this is just a goddamn joke now. You know Your brother's I mean? like in the background, like I got one too. Man. I got one too. Yeah, it was Bogo. They were doing Bogo for Grand Seiko. Is that good? <laughs> My mother, 
I'm gonna go down. I'm gonna go home and burn down my goddamn home. That's how I feel. That's how I'm gonna express myself today. <laughs> Throw me your watch, you know. Uh, let's see. But yeah, Terry's was, uh, I believe, one of them was the agar that he's got. That sweet agar, right? Yeah. And the uh, that that Grand Seiko diver. Um, yeah, I don't know. I don't know much about that agar. Or... It's um, it's a micro brand. He. I think he talked about it on the episode. If not, yeah, uh, yeah, I think he talked about it on the episode. For more information, mm-hmm. definitely check out episode nine if you already haven't. I know a lot of our users are like working their way up through the episodes, which I found interesting. I didn't realize people were going to go to episode one and then work their way up. You know what I mean? But I guess that makes sense. It's episode one, so as they mm-hmm. work their way up, they're gonna they'll they'll, they'll hear about that. Um, yeah. But it's interesting, a lot of people chose expensive watches, but does the cash in your chips watch, regardless of what the name connotes, does it have to be an expensive watch? Do you have to have an expensive watch to to signal like the grand finale expression of your collection? Can my can no. my can my cash in your chips watch not be a Raketa Perpetual Calendar that ended in nineteen ninety seven? You know what I mean? No, it's it's kind of like the it's kind of like the example I gave you last episode. Um, you know, it could be. I don't know how much you're still having nightmares about this watch, but it could be something like the Slava Medical. Um, oh my god! You know. oh, god, god damn it! <laughs> you know, I, I, those aren't those aren't that expensive, right? No, man. I mean, you can. I mean, the prices are fluctuating like crazy because anytime someone, anytime one of them comes up, you know. It's, there's a weird, there's two dials. There's a regular one, which is red that has the, I believe it has the, the Hippocratic logo, the snakes and the two staff, that thing. And mm-hmm. another one is the KFG dial, which is a lot of weird con- controversy about. And so the regular one is anywhere between, the, depending on the condition, like 15 to 100 bucks. But for right. some reason, the KFG dial, people try charging like three or 400 bucks for and so to answer your question, I mean, no, it's not an expensive watch, but that's actually a good point because I, that's my, that's my white whale. Michael, that's my, I will, I will, Michael, I will literally strangle a whale to death with my weak hands if it brought. <laughs> it could, it could just be a white whale of a watch. It doesn't have to be, that doesn't mean it's expensive. It's a really good it could, point. It could just be hard to find. It could be something that, you know, you know maybe you're not somebody that collects in a, in a terribly expensive price bracket you know yeah maybe you're somebody that can but you don't um it's just something you know you're waiting for the right time to do it and uh you know that that this watch can kind of serve that purpose yeah. you know the, the crown jewel or the cornerstone or the cash in your chips watch um i think it can come at any price point really it's i don't it's, think it has to be expensive it's smart saying like that because it makes the expression much more relative you know what i mean yeah it also yeah. makes it much more, like, real. Like, this is, this is, but, well, well is the cash and chips watch supposed to be attainable? Like, we might have created a monster. Like, is the idea of the watch something that I might actually get one day? Will I actually one day own a Grand Seiko Spring Drive? You know what I mean? I think, I don't know. I think it should, I think it should be attainable. I think maybe discernibly different from, I guess, what you would call a grail. Because some people like to even say, oh. like, some people even like to say grail or like, um, you know, real grail or like unattainable grail, which I think is kind of silly anyways. But it, we, we throw these terms around a lot and it's uh, no, it's, 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 it's all part. It's all part of being geeky. I guess, it's part but, of being uh, geeky, but it's also really, really important to not fall into 
the pitfalls of watch collecting where you feel like you have to spend a lot of money or you have to collect a certain way when you really evaluate these types of terms. So yeah. the cash in your chips watch is not the grail watch. Yeah. So uh, just just another example. I had like a brief period where I used to collect um, old game consoles. I don't okay. think I've ever talked to you about this, but um, I don't think so. I, I collect old game old game consoles, and um, you know, of course, it, our generation, my favorite system is always going to be the Super Nintendo, and <laughs> it's just so it's how cool. it is, man. And, um, you know, my grail or I guess kind of like my grail, like game cartridge, uh, was turtles in time. And it's just because it was a game that I played a lot when I was a kid and, you know, it wasn't the most expensive one, but like, it was still kind of hard to find. And I knew that if I had that one, it would just be like, I don't know it would be great to like kind of punctuate my collection sure. with that, with that cartridge. So kind of like the same, same thing with, with uh, watches. I, I don't think, I don't think they have to be unattainable to be something like a cash in your chips watch. Yeah. Like it's, you can... it's, it's also smart to choose something you can conceivably get one day because then it just, you don't torture yourself. Like I'm not sitting here daydreaming about one day getting that double flying tourbillon. With the GMT complication and the GPS, I have no, I have no idea if that watch exists. I, I, I mean, you know, maybe that watch exists, but like last episode, I I like immediately fired off that my um, cashier chips piece was the um, SBGA zero one one spring drive snowflake. Snowflake, yeah, I love that watch. Relatively to some people, that's a super attainable watch. I think some of our listeners have that goddamn watch. You know what I mean? Like, 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 it's not one of those super rare pieces, but for some reason to me, it was just be, I don't know. I mean, for, for a lot of my collection usually encompasses things which have interesting uh, social or historical aspects about their movements or they're an interesting sort of uh, entry in the timeline of another greater line. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Yeah. But there's something about the spring drive where it's almost like it might be the modern iteration of like the first mechanical movement or like when the quartz first came out. It is like probably one of the more interesting advancements in time telling capabilities in our lifetime. You know? Yeah. In my opinion. That's, I mean, you could also make the argument. True. You could also make the argument for the Ulova um, uh, uh, Accutrons and like other tuning fork movements. Those are just, yeah. those are just goddamn interesting. I mean, what, what did I say last time? Some kind of... Uh... Some kind of time only Royal Oak, I guess. Yeah, you see, uh, 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 stainless steel, um, uh, not the offshore Royal Oak, right? Yeah, yeah. God, <laughs> that's ex- that one's expensive. I will, I will admit that's, that. That's, an ex- that's, that's like an ten or watch. ten or fifteen thousand dollars. Yeah, usually, if you if you find one kind of like thirteen ish, you're you're getting into like a kind of like potentially good deal. I think. Jesus. Um, so can you ever see yourself getting that watch or is it too hard to tell right now? I don't think so. Because because like I said, like I've said a couple times, I think I'm sort of reevaluating how much should be spent sure. <laughs> on this hobby. Oh, of course. <laughs> At the end of the day, they are just watches. Yeah. Um and kind of like doing this podcast for a while has uh has opened my eyes a bit and um really kind of helped me see the the kind of satisfaction you can get from a watch at any price point 
Yeah. And um, I think that's really important because somebody else wrote into us and they said something along the lines um, that they were just getting into the hobby, but a lot of things were making them feel that it was too expensive of a hobby to get into until they heard our podcast. Yeah, that was, um, oh, that was Ben. Let me get his Instagram handle right now. You know, uh, and that that kind of that kind of bums me out. Um, yeah, no, I, I, that's, I, I, that some people get scared of the hobby because uh, they they think that they can't. I don't know, right? Pay the cost of entry or something. Yeah, well, because the thing is, like, you'll see um, if you are interested in watches and you have like an Instagram account, like you'll go on Instagram and you'll just see the types of things people people are posting, and it's so discouraging. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I mean, for, besides looking for besides the, um, I think I think I have the email open actually. Do you? Maybe. Maybe. Yeah. So 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 Ben wrote into us and he basically said that he had one. I believe it's a kinetic Seiko and he liked it and he'd always wanted to get into mechanical watches, but he uh, wasn't ever confident that you know it was something that you could do within a realistic price range and still get a lot of fulfillment out of your collection. And he said, after listening to our show, he's like, I, you know, now I kind of see that that is possible. And like, I, I had the same feeling when he said he was always discouraged. I got bummed out. I'm like, I'm like, dude, don't get discouraged. Don't let, don't, you know, don't let people who ruin it with their crazy, luxurious lifestyles, like fake watch collectors ruin it for you. You know what I mean? Yeah. But maybe, uh, but okay. So by the way, his handle is, uh, Nisos one. N i s s o s one. Okay, I'll 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 tag him in the show and I'll. Um, maybe I'm not saying the... that right, but also you know when it comes to the cash in your chips watch, maybe you just want to have a lot of chips to cash in. I guess. <laughs> <laughs> maybe maybe kind of like the financial barrier is something that excites you. Also, maybe okay. maybe you just like setting that goal for yourself. If I if yeah. I said that I. You know, I want to work towards that um, eleven to thirteen thousand to get a used um, AP Royal Oak. <laughs> but the, 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 I, you you bring up an, you bring up another really really good point. If you choose for the expression of the end of your collection to be something to be you expressing yourself in a way where you're not inhibited by price, okay. Mm -hmm. As long as you're not like financially ruining yourself, you can have. $300 watch, $400 watch, $400 watch, $13,000 watch. That's cool, man. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Yeah. If that's yeah, if that's if that's you collecting authentically to you and how your experiences have shaped your horology passion, that's all that matters because we've also had comments where people are saying like, "Oh, you know, don't hate on people who buy expensive watches." And like, we're not. It's just I would really prefer for people, especially in a niche uh like this to be much more educated about what they're doing and to not just be blind consumers, but to be actually people who are practicing their horology passion. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Yeah. I, you know, I, I've been thinking about it for a whole week, man. And, and I, I still think the 15, the AP 15, 400 time only Royal Oak, 41 millimeter stainless steel. If I, if somehow I ever get that watch, I think I might, have to say like all right i'm done <laughs> now would you, you sell know, would you sell the collection or would you would you just close the watch box and never open no. it again 
because I don't think I don't think that watch can be a one watch. Interesting. If that if that makes sense, I don't that think it can be. That yeah. Makes sense. I mean, dude, if I go on vacation anywhere, I'm not gonna take that thing. You're like, not gonna, you're not gonna take that thing a uh, uh, barnacle snorkeling in the in the Galapagos. <laughs> right. Right. I don't I don't know if, I don't know if you can take that thing diving. I don't, I don't even know the water resistance on that. It's supposed to be like a sporty quote unquote sporty watch. It it must have water resistance. Yeah, Bro, but that's for thirteen thousand they... dollars, that thing better fucking give me a hand job, all right? For thirteen thousand <laughs> fucking dollars, better change the goddamn oil in my car, okay? <laughs> but that um, that's what they have the offshore line for, I guess. You know, rubber strap, uh, <laughs> internal rotating right. bezel. I, I don't know who's gonna right. seriously dive with uh, something like an AP, but hey, I guess I guess if you want to, <laughs> that's cool, man. Jump that's... jump jump in the pool uh, on top of that uh. That hotel in Dubai, maybe. Dude, just go 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 swimming in the Hudson and see if the watch survives the acidity levels. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> you'll give yourself a Brazilian wax, and you'll waste thirteen thousand dollars. You know? Yeah. So do you but, want uh, the opportunity? So well, the, well, the thing is, I'm going to stick to my choice of the cashmere chips being the Grand Seiko SPG A Zero and One Snowflake. I love that watch, but it's funny. I was reading. Hold on. <coughs> Sorry, I'm having a coughing attack right now. Black I was reading a little bit more about the nine, it, the nine F quartz, or is, yeah, yeah, it's F nine or, or it's either F nine or nine F. It's nine F. Oh, thank yeah, God, it's nine. Okay, yeah, nine F. Thank you, nine F quartz that they do, and it do, it's incredible. Like I'm, like I, I would honestly also potentially, if I found the right one, I would totally be cool with one of those Grand Seiko quartz with that nine F movement being my cashier and chips watch. Like the technology that goes in to those movements and the level of care and attention and detail. Like it's that type of stuff, which gives me uh, a hashtag horological heart on or a hashtag watch boner. Like that's incredible. You know what I mean? And, the, and there, there are a lot of, um, there are a lot of options. There, oh yeah. Actually. Oh yeah. Uh, you, they have some, a lot of like dressy options. Yes. Um, and it's also, I could be wrong, but that's the one that's all in the Grand Seiko quartz divers, right? Kind of like the, the, I believe it is the grand. Unless I'm mistaken, uh, the Grand Seiko. All of their quartz movements are based off that nine F, and I believe that nine F or that F nine, not nine F. Sorry, my 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 dyslexia is kicking in. That nine F is in that uh, diver, and I think it's sweet. That, that, yeah, that just check. So yeah, the SBGX one seventeen and one fifteen also have the the nine F movement. Man, that's so cool. Yeah, that's so cool. <sighs> good for good for fifty years. Right. Yeah. Yeah. The the way they the way they um, house and distribute the lubricant within the watch basically means you don't have to have it looked at or serviced for fifty years. And I think it's accurate to put like like ten seconds every year or some shit like that. Plus like, minus ten seconds a year. Yeah. Man, that's just fucking. That's that's <laughs> not bad. That's a horology <laughs> hard on. That is a horology hard on. Right. And you can have them for. I mean, honestly, they're not that expensive. If I. If I were to look at how much I've spent on my collection as a whole, you can find them for like two thousand bucks, like the dressier ones. Yeah, that's that's an that's another hard thing. What? Because we, it's, it's funny we we like to kind of stick to a specific price range on the show. Yeah. But then you realize that when you get into collecting, you've actually gone well over that price range. Well, of course, yeah, yeah. If you look at how much you spent on your whole collection, yes, yes, yeah. Well, because yeah. it's it's like I said before, it's all relative to how you express 
your 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 collective your collecting passion you know what i mean like mm-hmm. if 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 i feel like i have difficulty expressing how i kind of process horology and how i really feel like i interact with it just by buying one watch i don't feel like that computes i like the idea of sharing um in the history and the different manufacturing techniques that a lot of watches can offer but that that's right. a good point i mean you, when you look at it over the the whole thing you know you spend you can spend a lot of money so i think that's why it's also important that we did the last episode that ideal watch collection that was interesting you know yeah um do you should, we can talk about the cashier chips watch forever which i'm super happy to do but should we move on because i think we have a few minutes left uh to the next segment kind of like wrapping this up yeah i'd still like to you know although we were gonna stop talking about it for now keep keep writing it about it because this is keep, this is something kaz and i have been having fun with yeah. over the, the last week kind of um sitting back and enjoying the uh the kind of selection that you guys have yeah. been sending in. So. It's just it's just super cool to nerd out too, just hearing people's choices and then just talking to them about their choices and like how they might psychologically reach that point where it's just like, yeah, I can afford this watch. If I buy this watch, I feel like that's it. That's the perfect way to 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 to, to put a check mark on my collection. You know what I'm saying? Mm. And that's and I'm fascinated to learn that a lot of people feel like they already have their cash in the chips watch. That's incredible. Oh, yes, certainly. certainly. You know what I mean? That's so cool. Good for you guys. Like that, oh, man, that's just, that's badass. That makes me happy, you know? But uh, definitely, definitely write in. Uh, keep letting us know. Also, kind of give you your opinions on whether or not you think it should be an expensive watch or kind of taking it from the relative approach where it doesn't have to be if you feel like you would like it to be. Like if you are staying within a specific price range, whether it's like 0 to 500 or 500 to 1,000 or whatever it is, if you're just like, yeah, I know I don't really have anything above the $1,200 mark, but I would fucking love one day to buy like an $8,000 super clean vintage like old Primero. Like one of those old like actual racing looking Zenith Primeros because I have like a weird secret part of my brain that loves those watches. Fuck you, asshole. <laughs> <laughs> Why does Arnold, Arnold hate me? Why does Arnold hate me? Oh uh, boy. Well that's cool. Now we're talking about fucking up your watches. Basically, yes. That's that's what's happening. Um Michael, <laughs> I thought it'd be fun to have a part of the show and definitely revisiting it later on, talking about the first time we ever damaged uh damaged a watch. I remember I remember my first time. Uh I, I feel like I've been talking uh just 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 a little too much, and I feel like I have an irritating voice and and also Arnold did hurt my self-esteem. So why don't you I don't think we've actually ever talked about this, even off air. When was the first time you ever damaged a watch? It, this is this is funny because I've only really damaged, really damaged, um, one watch. Uh, the other time, it's kind of it was kind of minor, and you could take care of it with something like Poly Watch. But right. um, it was um, it was actually my Orient Mako, so it was oh, uh, no. my first my first watch. My wedding watch, a uh, watch that I still have and I still love, uh, and I I don't know how it happened. I actually think I fell. Um, I think I was going up these stairs and I just like <laughs> ate it somehow. <laughs> a true adventurer. A true adventurer yes. scraping his knees at the staircase <laughs> of school. You know. 
yeah i'm not i'm not posting photos uh um you know trekking the alps with my uh mako or anything i am I'm, I'm, I'm falling downstairs and that's how i i, I think i'm going to start doing watch shops that depict the actual reality of my life so reaching into the fridge to check the expiration date on milk uh cleaning the we toilet can, like wearing rich we like, wearing a, like wearing a watch you know? we can do that you know um, scraping a pan clean with my with with, with my tired expression like real shit cleaning up after my dog yep hashtag okay. re- hashtag real wrist shots yeah i'm gonna write that down i kind of like that actually <laughs> changing a flat tire but doing it badly you know what i mean bad yeah hashtag real wrist shots but it was uh yeah it was the mako and i, I you know to this day i don't know how it happened um it kind of bums me out when i still look at it it's hard it's hard to kind of notice unless you're looking for it but um so kind of one of the downsides or, or people consider it to be a downside of the Mako is that it actually has a mineral crystal. Right. Um, and I don't know the specifics um, behind constructing a mineral crystal. I think it's just like, I think it's like compressed like sand dust or something. Okay. I don't know. If, if anyone listening knows, I mean, definitely uh, inform us yourselves or direct us towards a resource because I actually never thought about that. That's a, that's a, that's a good thing to think about. But it can be, uh, it can be kind of brittle apparently, and that's that's yeah. what happened when I when I fell. So kind of along the edge of the Mako's crystal, maybe like the one o'clock, two o'clock range, it's actually like chipped, um, for like kind of like like a maybe... like a gouge or like a like or like a like a little scratch. It's it's a gouge actually, right. um, and it's tough to see like when you're kind of like looking at the watch like up close. Maybe I can try to get like a macro shot of it or something, but um, <laughs> yeah, it's it's the only time I, I damaged the watch, and I remember kind of I remember looking at it and being like super super bummed out, yeah, because I thought I thought it was gonna like, you know, this was still very early on, and uh, you know, I thought I was gonna affect it somehow or like the water resistance or something. I, I wasn't so sure, but you know, kind of months went by and then I totally forgot about it. And every once in a while, I'll see it. And, uh, you know, kind of think like, Hey, I messed up at some point, <laughs> but it really, it really wasn't like, uh, it really wasn't a big deal to me. Like I know I read stories about people like getting like the first, the first scratch on something and it just like, it kills their soul. Right. You know? Um, yeah. And, and there are some, there are some people like that. I can totally understand that it could just be a preference to, um, you know, have everything that you own be nice. But um, right. that, that's not going to happen with watches. Um, it's, I don't think it's ever. It's pretty hard. I mean, unless it's one of those watches you just wear for like special occasions. If it's a, if you wear something every day, dude, if you, you, you wear your shoes every day, they're going to get scuffed. They're going to yeah. get dirty. You wear a watch yeah. every day. It's something's going to happen to it. You know? Yeah. But it, it wasn't, it wasn't a big deal to me. Um, I mean, I saw like a Reddit post once where like this, this dude's like girlfriend put his, uh, like, great white sea dweller like in the washing machine oh my accident. god so it's like in his pants <laughs> or oh, something no yeah that's a pretty big deal that's <laughs> I, I will say um, though of any watch the sea dweller would probably fare okay right or no the soap the soap might fuck it up i don't know i well i don't think those watches are are water resistant anymore 
Oh my god! I thought I, I thought you said it was one of the newer ones. No, no, this was like a vintage. This was yeah, like a that's, super vintage. That's, yeah. that's fucked up, man. <laughs> but yeah, no, this is this is just like a chip on the crystal, and uh, I really um, that's the only that's kind of like the first and only time that I've really damaged the watch. I'm usually I'm usually pretty careful, um, but even if something kind of catastrophic did happen, I don't think I'd be too bummed out. Um, you know, unless, unless it was like a really bad issue that would actually like affect performance, you know, I've, I've certainly dropped watches as well. That kind of always, um, makes me feel a little woozy inside because uh, <laughs> I, I, you know, I know about shock resistance and everything, but I'm not sure how, uh, how much it'll, it'll affect it, but pretty, yeah, pretty boring overall as far as, uh, damaging my watches, but the, uh, Mako is still good. That's it's good. Keep... The thing is, the I I felt like the point of the idea of bringing up the first time we damaged a watch wasn't like necessarily to like have it be an impressive moment with the damage. It was more like mm-hmm. kind of what you felt and what you what you felt was normal. You know what I mean? Yeah, I I think I think it was like one of those things where like you cut yourself in the kitchen, but you don't notice until there's like blood in the pasta. Um, Dude, you want to you want to fucking talk about the, my dad my dad's diabetic okay <laughs> and um around the time of his diagnosis before he was treating it um i guess he was having issues with like feeling in like 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 the limbs like hands and, and feet and things like that and so he was cooking and he was cutting this uh was cutting this like bell pepper and um i don't know what he was doing but he was just cutting the bell pepper and he was cutting and he kept cutting, and the bell pepper was gone, but he was still cutting. And so he, he chopped off, like, the top part of his finger, and he didn't <laughs> feel anything. And he looks, he's like, he's like, oh, this this bell pepper is bleeding enormously for a bell pepper. He <laughs> <laughs> thought, thought the bell pepper was bleeding? I, that was what he said. He's like, he's like, oh, look like, down, there was blood, the bell pepper. Bell peppers don't bleed. No, Dad, you're a <laughs> fucking doctor. I'm pretty sure, I'm pretty sure bell peppers don't bleed. <laughs> so he chopped off oh, like the boy. top part of his hand and um <laughs> yeah that was that was pretty close to <laughs> around the time of his uh diabetes diagnosis but uh yes yeah, he's he's fine he's fine now still got all 10 or maybe Good. it's like nine and three quarters now i'm not sure i haven't taken a look in a while but yeah that was <laughs> but yeah i guess that that's kind of like what happened with with the, the mako i didn't i didn't notice for a while but when i saw it yeah, I was kind of, I was bugged at first, but I think it was still kind of early in my watch collecting uh, venture that I, you know. Right. I didn't realize that this stuff is just going to happen all the time, you know. You know, it's normal. I mean, especially with a watch like that, like the Mako, where you usually would feel comfortable wearing it anywhere, you know. Yeah. You know, actually, you know what bugs me more is um, the scratching on a clasp. It's not necessarily it's like inevitable. damage. It's super <laughs> it's super inevitable, but it just gets me mad that I put this much wear on a watch from like my fucking desk job. Right. What so, do people what do people call it? The swirlies. People online call it the swirlies. Like, yeah, or the, like the desk diving scratches or something like that. Dude, after uh, after day one of having my Orange Star WZ GMT, I had fucking swirlies in the class. But I'm like, really? Dude, really, I'm technically not even working right now. I don't go yeah. to a day job 
I somehow fucking scratched this thing on the bracelet it came with. It's a beautiful bracelet, but it's got those stupid. It looks like it looks like I left pubic hairs on it. Like has like little like little swirly scratches. You know what I'm saying? So that actually that actually makes me feel worse than than the gash on the uh, the crystal on the Mako. Yeah. No, um, I understand. I, I understand that because that's it's just it it it's annoying. You know. Yeah, that's my story at least. I don't, I don't know. Have you have you damaged more watches? Uh, um, your... Yeah, I've had the I've had two major damages. The first one, I'll never forget how awful I felt. The first one, I'll, I'll tell you exactly where it was. I knew exactly what was going through my mind. And people, depending on how this works, you might be able to find the exact location. I damaged my first watch. The first watch I ever damaged was my uh, Seiko Sumo SBDC033 Prospect, the Blumo. Um, if people look in the pictures, you'll see basically if you draw a straight line from the the the, the bezel, the little the little luminous pip or pearl, whatever the fuck you call it. If you draw that line all the way down to the other end of the bezel, you'll see like a a gash, like a sideways gash. That's the first time I ever damaged a watch. I see it. It's on. It's on the thirty, right? <laughs> yeah, it's on the thirty. God damn it! <laughs> <laughs> I was on a Disney cruise. I was on specifically. I was on the Disney Fantasy. So the Disney Fantasy is a is a specific ship within the Disney Cruise Line fleet. You know, for anyone that doesn't know. So I was on the Disney Fantasy. And I'll tell you specifically where it was. I was on the <clears throat> top deck, the first deck that you're outside on, and I was right across from from Frozone treats. So Frozone from the Incredibles has uh uh i think it's frozen trees i can't remember what it's called there's like an ice cream place there it might be frozen trees i can't remember and um it's right next to the dividing wall between the adult area and like the family area if you've never been on a disney cruise the best way i can describe the family area is imagine if you filled a house with 200 toddlers and then you set that house on fire and locked all the doors you know what i mean that's that's a great illustration. Everyone's <laughs> screaming. If something's not nailed down, it's getting picked up. People are freaking out. Adults know it's the end, so they just sit down and wait for death to come. But the kids are panicking, <laughs> throwing shit everywhere, jumping in the water, and it's just so. Uh, that's the family side. The adult side has like three or four people, and they're usually like old and quiet. So my fiance and I fucking adore the adult side. <laughs> But um, it was on that dividing wall between the ice cream place, which is it's like a free ice cream. You can just you can just fucking show up there with your mouth and put it on the thing and, and pull them. I mean, don't do that, but you can do that if you want. Um, mm-hmm. The dividing wall there, uh, we were walking, and uh, I guess I was walking like fucking a uh, 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 Sasquatch, like from that fucking grainy film where like my white arms are doing the Sasquatch, like back and forth motion. You know what I mean? And I just I just smashed the watch against the wall. <laughs> <laughs> the wall is comprised basically of like a, a pipe ex, like a pipe on the very outer edge that has bolts that hold a big sheet of metal across it and so my watch basically hit like a rivet bolt and i didn't hear it first i felt it first and then i registered the sound and the wall was still carrying the vibration of my sorrow and i looked down <laughs> yeah i looked down at the watch and there's this dent and I literally, I literally could have fucking shat my heart out of my colon. That's how far down my heart sank. You, you just got the watch too, right? I had just got the, I had just got the watch probably a couple weeks before, you know. So it, it, it probably didn't even have swirlies on it. It, it definitely had swirlies on it. Who am I kidding? 
um comes out of the box now, now i'm not gonna unsee this this scratch yeah no I it's it. the i never i never unsee it and the thing is so when that happened my heart sank and uh i tried playing it cool i, I think i was with my fiance i think i tried playing it cool but like in my in my heart of hearts that little person that's deep deep inside of me where all my fears are housed was basically like well this is it i've ruined everything <laughs> it's all i've ruined everything michael because when i damaged that was the, for the first time i damaged a watch that time i felt by damaging that watch i was a bad collector like that was really? why that was why i had the sinking feeling i felt like i was a bad watch collector i'm like dude like i paid however many hundreds of bucks for this i think i got it on mass drop for like 375 or 415 400 bucks something like it's something in that range which is a great price I know that now, but like I felt like I was a bad collector because here are these people taking pictures of their watches and they're fucking like immaculate. They look perfect to me. You know what I mean? But like now here I am and I have I, I feel like I'm wearing the fucking elephant man on my wrist. I'm like, well, I can't fucking go to parties now. Got the elephant man with me. <laughs> Everyone's gonna be looking at his grotesque features and his growths. Uh, you know what I'm saying? So I, I just felt like a bad collector. Obviously, that's not the case. Well, you, you got over it. You got over it pretty quick, I think, because I, I remember you telling me like, yeah, you know, I kind of put the first mark on the sumo. Yeah. But, you know, I, I think it was it was you're it was, always going to think of that cruise, man. I'm sure you had fun on that cruise, though. That's what it was. We were talking about it. And I think you said that. I think, well, now it's always going to remind you of the cruise. And I'm like, yeah, yeah, you're right. Every time I look down at my watch now and every time I see that dent on the bezel, I just think of how amazing and fulfilling the time that my fiance and i had spent on the ship was how incredible it was and like i don't remember the instant cardiac diarrhea that i had when i hit the watch i remember that feeling but i don't, I don't remember that when i see it. i just remember how much <laughs> how much fun i had so i i think that was when i started kind of getting into the mode of like okay like what does it mean to be a watch collector like am i just buying watches that i think are cool or that i think will give me horological street cred or am i doing something more personal am i doing something that's more relative to me am i doing something in a way that no one else could do it you know what i mean and that's that that's the case like mm -hmm. if you are going to collect watches collect watches in a way that no one else can possibly do it because that's the only way it's going to be authentic now that doesn't mean going out and buying 14 royal oaks you know what i mean that just means buying, all day, all day, do it, <laughs> do it now. That just means buying stuff that only you would have an eye for and putting a collection of watches together that only you could put together. Um, speaking of Arnold's do it now, uh, uh, one of the time, <laughs> one of the times I was in an Omega boutique again, pretending to be a Z's, I'm sorry. And, um, I was trying on one of the new Speedmasters. And I had taken a picture, and I sent it to you, Michael. I think I'd sent it to you. Of course, I'm not going to send it to my mom. I sent it to you, and <laughs> I think he just texted back, "Buy it, do it now." <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I think it, I think it was. Uh, it was. It was that, like the, it was the regular Speedmaster. It was yeah. what? It was just like the regular kind of Speedmaster that they sell now. Yeah, yeah. It was. Yeah, it was the newer one. It was um, the. It wasn't. Uh, it was the domed. It wasn't that like Hesalite crystal or whatever it's called. You know what I'm saying? Oh, the it was it was the sapphire. It wasn't the yes. Uh... It was the sapphire. It's like it was one of those okay. new, one of those new like three eleven zero zero five sapphires. Cool. Um, it was either 
you it was either you either texted me that time or the one time I sent you a picture of me uh, pretending to be an Arab sheik in the Rolex boutique wearing the uh, two tone blue dial Rolex <laughs> Submariner. <laughs> <laughs> stainless steel and gold but yeah I, 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 when i i just did the arnold voice and i'm like oh yeah i forgot michael did that to me but yeah, i'm never gonna buy that watch that's ridiculous hey, but that that watch i remember that watch haunted you for quite a bit the thing is because i don't like flashy watches i don't like particularly flashy rolexes but there's something aesthetically pleasing particularly about the stainless steel gold and blue combination in addition to just the classic design of that case even though this is the even though the one i sent you was the new one with the sharper lugs wasn't the ones with the lugs taper a little bit you know what i mean mm-hmm. yeah and um that new uh roller or the newer rolex clasp that was on there the whole package was very very it was nice there's uh, bottom 13, line it's is, a thirteen thousand dollar watch yeah. is it is it a cash in your chips watch how about for you no that's a no. that's a ridiculous it buying Buying that watch would be like living a very fulfilling life, meeting someone I love, having children that love and care for me, building an empire, and then at around 55, shooting myself in the head. Okay. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> I feel like I, because that just, that I, I want that watch or I'm attracted to that watch for the wrong reasons. I'm not attracted the 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 my i'm not attracted to that watch through my orology passion i'm attracted to that watch in the same part that makes me like cool looking cups at ikea you know what i'm saying gotcha it's an aesthetic attraction as opposed to uh, an expression of my orology passion so that's why i'm like yeah it looks cool it's awesome but like i'm i'm never gonna buy that i i, I it, it looks cool you know yeah but that's that's I know you can get the older ones, the older references with the with the with the the, the 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 different tapered lungs for like six or seven thousand. Still a lot. Just basically, I, I mean, yeah, that's a lot, but it's like half the price, you know. Spring drive money, dude. That is hashtag. That's exactly. That's how <laughs> I bring it back to the actual uh, expression of my collection. That's that is a hardcore. I could I could buy like full MSRP a snowflake. Yeah. If I bought the thirteen thousand dollar Rolex, I could buy two snowflakes and give one to you. Or you can juggle them. Or I could juggle them. Or I could. Or I could literally give it to you and end end this gift war. End this gift war forever. <laughs> oh man, I'm not gonna do that. Don't worry, I can't even buy one. <laughs> yeah, please, please don't. But I guess overall, we're not that upset about damaging our watches. No, I would be upset. I would be upset about damaging that. That $13,000 Rolex, though. <laughs> because I would have bought it for the wrong reasons. If I bought it because it was pretty when I bought it, it's not going to be pretty forever, dude. Yeah. You know what I yeah. mean? You have to really distinguish parts of a watch which you're attracted to because they tickle your orological fancy or because they're pretty. You know? Yeah. Well, these, I mean, these these things are going to happen. Um, and actually, I, I would be curious, kind of, kind of in the same way that um, you guys wrote into us and mentioned, um, you know, what your cash in your chips watch would be. Um, I think, I think we'd be interested in hearing, uh, how, kind of how you guys damaged the watch for the first time, or if you have any kind of notable stories of really like screwing up a watch, like, yeah, I, I mean, I fell down the stairs. That's, <laughs> that's all I got. <laughs> so if you guys have any cool stories, uh, you know, be sure to share them. 
and uh, let us know how it made you feel. Was the watch kind of, um, did it kind of just get an extra scar that would remind you of something cool or did you actually have to like, I don't know, repair it? Right. Yeah. Like, Um, were you in a position to buff something out or did you have to go and take it to a servicer because you noticed it was two minutes fast? You know what I mean? Something like what was the, also the aftermath. But I think it's also important to just mention like the reason I, I don't know if we talk, I can't remember if we talked about this now because I'm all hopped up on, on, on red wine right now. But um, the reason I wasn't upset is because yeah, you know, every time I saw that dent, it reminded me of the cruise and everything like that. And that the nice time I had, but at the same time, that's also the scars your watches accumulate. They are an expression of your collection. They're an expression of just not the watches you've chosen to put in your collection, but I mean, how you lived your life. You know what I mean? Yeah. It's it's another reason why we fall in love with the um, with the one watch because a lot of times yeah. it's uh, it's a watch that shows a lot of those you know situations a lot of those instances where you know a watch will have a scar and does tell a story in in several ways. Um, but um, in a sense, you could think of it like this: the watch does not only tell time by just telling time. It can tell time by just how it looks, but it can only tell yeah. your time. You yeah. know what I'm saying? So as long as you drag your testicles across that watch, and as long as you're okay with it getting dinged up, or just going about the normal course of your day getting wear and tear, that is your watch. It's a record of how you live your life. And so that's why when I had the first dent, I had my initial reaction. I had how I felt, how I thought the watch community might see me. We talked about it. I kind of had a bit of an eye-opening experience, and now I feel the way I do. You know what I mean? So I, I think that also helps me figure out the watches I would want to add to my collection. Because if I want, if I'm like, oh, I want to get that watch. But I'm like, mm, would I be mad if I dented that? Or would I be mad if I got swirlies on that? I mean, yeah, I'm, I'm, no matter what, I want to get mad at swirlies. But like, would it be mad? You know what I'm saying? So I... I, I I think getting accustomed to and being okay with damaging your watch is important. So yeah, if you have any stories or any kind of like cool um, instances about the first time you damaged a watch, like let us know, let us know what watch it was, let us know how you felt or how, you know, what the aftermath was, did you have to repair it, so on and so forth. I think that would be something that'd be a lot of fun to talk about. Just kind of get I'm going to, I'm going to feel, I'm going to feel bummed out. We're going to get so many cool stories now. Yeah, uh, like... I was I was skydiving and I was wearing my G-Shock and I landed on a tortoise and the watch <laughs> cracked its skull. The watch was fine, but I had to fix the watch. I had to fix the skull with with the watch. And so now <laughs> somewhere there's a Galapagos turtle wearing a G-Shock for a hat that's keeping all of its skull bits together. That that that's my story. <laughs> I, I hope that guy fucking writes into us. I'll be I'll be so fucking I also don't know what accent that was. If someone can help me figure out what accent that was? I'll be super happy. It was. He did a really good job. I don't know. I don't know. I don't, I don't know what it was. <laughs> Whatever it was. A I don't job. know if it was like UK, like like in terms of like England or like Australian or like 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 South like South African. I don't know what that that might <laughs> that might be my Leonardo DiCaprio blood diamond impression. I'm not sure. All right. I can't tell. But uh, but yeah, no. Tell us the stories. Just let us know. I think I think it's important in the same way to talk about what the cash in your chips watches, but talk about the first time you hurt your watch. <laughs> you know. Um, yeah. Yeah. Should we do a quick recap and then round it out? How long has it been? I can't really tell. I guess it's, I guess it's been over an hour. Shit. Yeah, I, th- I think I think it's a good time. Dude, time fucking uh... t- time fucking flies on this. You know what I mean? Yeah, time flies when you're. 
when you're talking watches. Like time, <laughs> so, time, time can't fly when I'm having an existential crisis in the middle of a bowel movement on the toilet. Time can't fly then. You know no, what I mean? It, it just freezes. goes slower. But time flies when I'm having fun doing this. <laughs> you know? uh, so yeah, we did the wrist check. Um, sweepstakes. Again, guys, check out the graphic. Um, we're going to keep talking about it. We're going to keep doing whatever we can to make sure um, it stays uh, up on our feed. Um, we'll figure out some way. Maybe there'll be, I don't know, some way we can kind of like repost it or something like that and preserve the comments. But basically, to enter the contest, to win the two Seiko SNKs, that's the SNK09, which is the black dial, and the SNK03, which is the beige dial. Both that come with a Toxic NATO spring roller tool and two Toxic NATO 18 millimeter straps. To enter to win, um, you got to follow us. And in that uh, graphic giveaway, it'll be really, really super, super, super marked, like super clear. Like you can notice it a mile away. Uh, follow us and then just leave a comment tagging two people you think will not only enjoy the show, but will contribute to the kinds of awesome conversations that we've been having with everyone. I mean, whether you're a seasoned watch collector or whether you're someone that's just getting into it, like we've been having such fantastic and amazingly fulfilling and enriching conversations with you guys. And it's just, it's, it's, it's super cool. It's it makes really, me feel really, awesome. really good. Every yeah. time I, whenever I look at the, at the email or the comments, I, uh, I just blatantly stop working at work. <laughs> I kind of put my feet up on the desk and I'm like, I'm going to read some comments. Hell now. yeah, dude. Every time, every time you get a cool comment, which is basically all the time, I text Michael, dude, you see this guy's comment? And like, obviously, <laughs> yes, 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 Michael sees it. But we have to share in the joy together. <laughs> exactly. But um, yeah, did I miss anything? Um, no, and uh, yeah, I don't know yeah. if you said it already. If you If you guys have messed up your watches, tell us some cool stories. Yeah, tell oh, us God. cool stories about how you messed up your shit. Oh, really quick, uh, one of the other major times I had heard a watch was my Raketa Big Zero. I had left it inadvertently on my kitchen counter, and through the normal course of everyday action, uh, it had gone off the counter and landed crystal side down on the floor. So it <laughs> fell about three feet, and the crystal cracked. So if you guys see a picture of my Big Zero, and there's, there's two big cracks in the crystal, uh, that's why. <laughs> <laughs> hey it still looks cool it still looks cool i want to replace that crystal though but uh yeah let us know the first time we damaged a watch how you felt how you still feel how it might have influenced you as a collector whether it did or didn't whether how you might see it could Thank you to that let us know some more opinions on the cashmere chips watch i mean if there's people who you don't think listen to the show and you think they have cool opinions or you want to talk to them about that let them know. I mean, it's the sweepstakes will be a really, really good opportunity. You know, you can, because you don't, you don't just have to tag your friends in the sweepstakes. You can tag your friends and be like, hey, you know, this guy talks about his testicles way too much on air. You know what I mean? Like, that could totally be in the comments. Because <laughs> that's the kind of production we're running here. <laughs> oh, Clean I have stuff. To, I have to say, wait, what'd you say? Clean stuff. Clean stuff. I, I, I thought you said hard stop for a second. I'm like, oh shit. But no, no. Um, I, 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 after that episode aired, uh, I don't know if you saw Frank from Collinsville Watch. What up, Frank? We'll, we'll tag him with the show. Um, I right now am field testing um, one of his limited edition Core 2 automatic dress watches. They're really, really cool. It has a, an open heart Miyota 9 movement, 9 series movement. I believe it's the 90S5. It's, it's open heart. It's decorated. It's really, really, really pretty. It's a great dress watch, and it's uh, it's super super cool on the wrist, and he and he's lending it to us very nicely, um, so I can field test it, kind of get some opinions on it. 
We're going to talk about it later on the show. We're also going to do a write-up for the upcoming website. But after that episode aired, he just he just DM'd us and he goes, Hey, Kaz, uh, quick favor. Can you not put your testicles on my wash? <laughs> <laughs> Can't make any promises. I, well, I had to go at lengths to explain to him, like, No, I'm not going to put my nuts on your watch. This isn't my watch. This is a loner. If I own this watch, I mean, yeah, without a doubt, my twigs and berries getting dragged all over this thing. You know what I mean? <laughs> like, that's going to happen. But this is not my watch. So to assuage your fears further, Frank, my nuts have not touched the core two. All right? Brilliant. <laughs> just, I just want to get that on record as well with my voice. But um, but yeah, super excited to hear your own uh, opinion on the damaged watch, hear everyone's opinions more on the cashing your chips watch. And uh, look forward to seeing everyone's entries for the sweepstakes. We'll announce the winner in episode 20. Uh, two winners. Announce two winners in episode 20s. And, and uh, yeah, big also a big thank you to um, Toxic Nados for, for being cool and just doing this with us. You know what I mean? Uh, Terry Toxic Nados, he was on episode 9. Really awesome interview. If you if this is the first time you're hearing about him, which should not be the first time you're hearing about him. You guys, everyone should know about him by now. Check out episode 9 to get an idea of how he runs his business how he is as a person, super, super cool. The watch world needs more folks like him doing what he does. And um, yeah, yeah I think if, I, I, if you uh, also, if you don't follow him on Instagram, be sure to do so. Oh yeah. It's, uh, at Toxic Natos. Great shots of, um, you know, all of the watches he has and the awesome straps that he makes. Yeah. Yeah. Really, really cool strap shots. He's got that Grand Seiko Quartz. Uh, no, is that the Quartz Diver or is that a spring Yep. Yeah, yeah no, right it's, it's a quartz driver. Stri- oh, the white dial black bezel quartz driver. Uh, he's also got a really, really cool one of the ones you got, the Citizen Pro Masters. Super cool. Um, mm-hmm. Got the sweet Ager piece. Really, really, really cool stuff. I think he also has one of Nick's watches, uh, one of the Orion pieces. Yeah. You know? Yep. So definitely follow him. Uh, I'll tag him in the show as well. Um, but yeah, I think that's it. Should we should, should I start the sign off or do you want to start the sign off? Good to go. I'll start it. Okay. My name is Mike. And this is Kaz. You've been listening to Two Broke Watch Times. Have a good one, everyone. Take care. <laughs>